0: Everyone, and welcome to another episode of Haunted HTX Podcast. It's week two of spooky season, and I have a new set of stories for you to listen to. Remember, if you have a story you'd like to share on the podcast, please email me at hauntedhtxgmail.com. At and now, without much further ado, let's get into the stories. Our first story tonight comes from Hushabye's Secret. Growing up in the 90s, I spent most of my time outside playing with the neighbor kids. I didn't live in the greatest neighborhood, so I couldn't go out exploring, but all of my neighbors had kids my age, except one. It was an old house with garbage across the yard and stuff piled up so high in the windows that you couldn't see inside. The only noticeable objects were an old Barbie camper and a teddy bear with a missing ear. I knew there was someone living there because their ugly and I mean ugly red Chevy car would leave the driveway right at noon and wouldn't come back until about 9pm. One night it came back and the next day there was a boy standing in the yard shouting and waving at me. I was playing in an old dip in my backyard where a tree had been cut down when I saw him. I remember being confused, but I was a kid and was excited to meet someone new that was my age. I found out his name was Brandon. I would always invite him to play outside after school. My mom didn't question me about my new friend, so she let him come play in the backyard. I never saw him at school, and he said his grandma taught him from their house. I didn't want to play with the other neighborhood kids as much as I wanted to play with Brandon. So, the two of us formed our own little group, and we played in that dip in my backyard. Nobody really questioned it until I told my mom that I wanted to have school at my house like Brandon. She finally asked me where I met Brandon, and I told her he lived in the dirty house on Harrison. I remember the look on my mom's face being confused and concerned at first, but then she laughed in my face and told me I was being ridiculous. Brandon was my imaginary friend because nobody had lived in that house since the 70s. I got mad at her and said that I would prove that Brandon was real and that he would be outside the next day, but he never showed up. I waited for him every day, but I never saw him again. Eventually, we moved across town into an apartment, and I made new friends and forgot about Brandon. But a few years ago, I felt nostalgic and decided to go for a drive through my old neighborhood. Not much had changed, and seeing the old neighborhood made me happy and brought back a lot of fun memories until I passed the old house. It was obviously abandoned. But after all these years, the old Barbie camper and the teddy bear with the missing ear were still in the window. I saw that and laughed at how I'd stuck to the idea that my imaginary friend was real until I saw my ball. An old ball with my name written on it in big black ink was clearly visible from the window. The rainbow colors made it stick out like a sore thumb. I'd lost that ball around the time I had first met Brandon. Maybe one of the neighbor kids had stolen it years ago and had hidden it away and I was just now noticing it. Maybe Brandon was a figment of my overactive childhood imagination. Or maybe there was someone watching me back then and I was too innocent to see anything else other than a new friend. Thinking about it now does creep me out. But more than anything, I wish I had answers. If he really was real... If he was another kid playing a prank, or if he was a lost spirit, and it bothers me that I'll never have the answers, but I'll always have the memories. As creepy as the memories are, they do make me happy and pique my curiosity. This story comes from Big Pappy6673. Saw something lurking in my closet this morning. This morning, I had the most frightening experience of my life. Just to put a setting in place, my room has a bed in the middle against the back wall, directly in front of my closet. Anyway, back to the story. I woke up with a sweat around 2am, thinking it was too hot. It's getting hotter in Australia. So, I got up to turn on my fan. I felt paranoia, as anyone would feel walking across their room at 2am, but something was strange. Something was watching me. I don't know where from, but I thought nothing of it. I put quiet music in my Google Home and went back to sleep. I woke up maybe at 3:50 a.m. again, still sweating. This was strange as I just turned on my fan. My music had stopped. My Google Home was showing the sign that it was trying to connect to the Wi-Fi. I realized I was too tired to move, so I shifted my eyes to in front of me to reveal my closet, and to see someone staring at me with a flat expression. I squinted my eyes to see if I was seeing clearly, but as I realized I was in reality and everything was real, it realized I was awake. A flat expression shifted to a large smile. I got up in my bed to get my fight-or-flight instincts ready, but by the time I lifted myself up, the noise of something falling came from my closet and the doors closed. My Google Home connected to Wi-Fi and blared my music loudly. My parents walked into my room and said, what's going on, what was that noise? I explained everything and they believed me. We ended up moving my mattress onto the floor in my parents' room. Anyway. Now it's been about 10 hours since this experience and I'm still shocked and confused. What if I never woke up? Was the sweat a warning sign? Why was my Wi-Fi disconnected from my Google Home and then reconnected when the closet shut? If anyone has a similar experience, please help me out. I'm scared to go into my room now. I know it's easy for me to see stuff but it reacted when it knew I was awake, so Something is not right. This story comes from No School 7616 Don't use Ouija boards in dorms. In the fall of 2018, I started my freshman year of college. To preface, the dorm building I moved into was a renovated seminary building, a.k.a. a school where men would go when they wanted to become a priest on the banks of the Mississippi River. The seminary school was originally built in the early 1800s, but closed years later, and my college purchased it in the 90s. They renovated it and then opened it in the early 2000s, dedicating the campus to fine arts students. The dorm hall was one of three buildings on campus. The building's first floor held classes and the dining hall and the second and third floors were the dorm rooms. This meant my 8am was literally an elevator away. Total plus. The dorms were suite-styled, so I had roommates. Two suite-mates, a living room, a kitchenette, and a bathroom. I am sorry this portion was so long, but the details are important. Upon moving in, things were normal for the first couple of days, but then weird things started happening. My decor started falling off the walls, even though my roommates and I all used the same command strips, most notably being my wooden cross I hung up next to my closet. I would hear running and the fridge slamming outside my room when I was certain my roommates had all gone to class. I would nap and wake up to my room door being open when I knew for a fact I shut it and you needed a key card to the room to open it. Each of these I rationalized. I heard the fridge slamming because one of my roommates had come up from class to grab a drink or food and needed to get back. Both of my sweetmates were dancers, so this didn't seem too far fetched. I got the faulty command strips from the bunch, etc. However, During the second week of school, my suite mate thought it would be a good idea to put all of our schedules on the fridge so we would know when the others were in class. This was when I realized that the times I had been hearing the fridge slam shut and running, I was in fact the only person in the room. I even asked my roommates if they had come back and they said they hadn't. That night started a week-long streak of waking up in the middle of the night with panic attacks. I would wake up around 3am feeling like someone was pushing on my chest and I couldn't move or breathe. One of the nights, the last, was so bad, once I was able to move I ran to the bathroom and sat under cold water and called my mom bawling not the kind of call she thought she was going to get from her college freshman at 3am. The next day, when my roommate got back from class, she told me about a student she overheard wondering what students had moved into our dorm room number because she wanted to talk to us. About half an hour later, this really petite girl shows up at our dorm room asking if anything weird has been happening all while staring intently at me. Obviously, I say yes, and then she proceeds to tell me what happened the year prior. The group of people who lived in our room the year prior used a Ouija board and accidentally ended up drawing a malevolent spirit into the room. Great. She explained that she was in touch with the spirit realm and didn't think the entity was still there but its energy remained along with some others that were drawn to it. One of these energies being a woman. Then she focused all her attention on me again and said, It's been picking on you, hasn't it? I then proceeded to explain everything that had been happening, to which she responded that she could tell that it was targeting me because I had a very bright light energy. However. She paused for a second before stating that she felt a protective energy with me in the room, and asked if I had any relatives pass away recently who may have been protective over me. I immediately responded yes, as I have had many family and friends pass over my lifetime. But what she asked me next gave me chills. She proceeded to ask with her head cocked to one side if my relative's name was John, My grandpa, John, passed shortly after I was born. I barely knew him, and there was no way she could have known his name. Stunned, I nodded, and she explained not to worry too much because he was just there to protect me. After she left, my roommates and I kind of made it all into a joke, mostly because I think we were all freaked out and knew that we had to continue living in the room until the end of the school year. We stupidly gave the female ghost a name, Avery, and deemed her an honorary roommate to try and lighten the situation. Later that week, my roommate and I were sitting in bed when a mirror of mine fell off the wall. Frustrated that it was only ever my things that fell off the wall, I yelled, Damn it, Avery! And instantly, my cross fell off the wall. However, when I went to pick it up, I noticed the command hook was still on the wall. Meaning my cross couldn't have just fallen off, it would have had to be lifted off the hook in order to fall. My roommate and I looked at each other, jaws dropped and immediately erupted into nervous laughter. After that, nothing really ever happened again. The next semester... One of my mates commented that we haven't heard from Avery in a while. The following morning, I was headed out the door to go to class and walked by one of the mirrors in the dorm room. In the reflection of the mirror, I caught a glimpse of a pale woman with long, dark hair and a white nightgown standing right behind my shoulder. I skeeted out of the dorm room so fast and did not look back. The next day, my roommates and I were all sitting in the living room, and the one who made the comment about not hearing from Avery said, Oh, by the way, I saw Avery today. The entire room went quiet, and each of my roommates' faces went pale. I quietly said, I did too, followed by my other roommates stating the same. We each exchanged what we saw and when. And each of us saw the same thing. That truly was the last time we encountered Avery. When we moved out in the spring, we decided that was her way of saying goodbye to us. I will always wonder, though, if the students who moved in after my roommates and I ever experienced anything. This story comes from Sufficient Luck 1706. A spirit fled my room as soon as it realized we were aware of it. One night, as my girlfriend, now wife, and I were laying in bed, we sensed something next to us. We normally lay on our sides, but that night we were laying on our backs, faces towards the ceiling. Our eyes opened, and we turned our heads at the same time to the space next to her side of the bed. Whatever it was took off fast. It went from her side of the bed, right next to my wife, down the side of the bed, up over our feet area, and out our closed bedroom door. What was really cool was the vertical window blinds adjacent to the bed, where the spirit was, swayed as the spirit went by them. Kind of like if you ran your fingers on them from left to right. The energy was not only great enough for us to sense exactly where it was, but also great enough to cause physical movement of the vertical blinds. It happened so fast, but we followed it with our heads and eyes as it moved out of our room, even though it was invisible, just pure energy. I think about this occurrence a lot. It's not the first paranormal experience for me or my close family, but it certainly was the most impactful. After it exited the room, my wife freaked the hell out and started crying as she grabbed me for comfort. I was startled by what happened, but I never felt in danger or ill will from it. Whatever or whomever it was was just as startled from what I can tell we haven't experienced anything like it since. Our last story comes from Connie. In September of 2013, I was living in an older 1950s home in the high desert of Southern California, nestled in the foothills of Big Bear, California. The house was very close to a power tower, an electric tower, where I believe the energy was used to boost ghostly occurrences. On this particular night, it was still a hot summer night, and I went to sleep with nothing unusual going on. What I woke up to in the middle of the night was shocking. I don't know what exact time it was, but it was past midnight I suspect. My kitty was sleeping next to me and not reacting to what was happening to me. I awoke suddenly to the feeling of ice-cold hands on my breasts. Now, I was having hormonal issues from a partial hysterectomy, and my breasts were really overheated, something I had been dealing with for weeks. These frigid hands on me woke me up instantly. I found I couldn't move or open my eyes, yet I was curious to what was going on. This was not my first encounter with ghosts, and I knew this wasn't a living human. So the hands were causing my nipples to feel even colder, like near painful freezing. I was thinking if it goes on much further, I'm going to freak out. The hands started pressing down on my chest, like going into my chest. When I realized if that touches my heart, it will kill me. I exploded into a sitting position, my eyelids sprang open, and I was shooing it away with my hands. At the same time, I banished it out loud. I saw my breath in the air, and I saw nothing in front of me. There was cold air near me, and I felt it pull back, then start toward me again. I said out loud again, I banish you from my presence, never to return. The interesting thing was, the heat and pain in my breasts were gone. The cold air vanished, and my cat had finally woken from the commotion and jumped off of the bed. She seemed like she didn't understand the fuss. Now, the second person in this story, my sister. My sister had briefly lived with me in this house, but ended up moving across to another town ten miles away. She and I were fighting and not speaking to each other at the time of the incident. When we were actually talking again, I mentioned my experience. She said on that exact night, she felt icy cold sensations on her breasts. Not as exact as actual hands, but really cold. After it stopped and left, she said her breasts were hot and painful. So I realized the ghost had transferred my issues to her. So far, that is all that happened from that incident. But what an amazing experience. How do ghosts transfer physical symptoms from one person to another 10 miles away from each other instantaneously? Thank you for listening to this episode of Haunted HTX Podcast. I want to thank Hushabye Secret, Big paply 6673, No School 7616, Sufficient Luck 1706, and Connie for letting me read their stories. And as always, to Oscar for the intro music. If you have a story you'd like to share, please email me at hauntedhtx at gmail.com. And don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Also, if you're on Apple or Spotify, please leave a five-star rating and a positive review so that more people can find us. That's it for right now, but I'll see y'all next week for week three of Spooky Season. Bye, y'all.